Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Wolves Fancast, David Evans here on the podcast this week. Andy's here. Hey, yeah. Ben's here. Evening. Dan's here. Evening. Finally, the Ben Dan bromance. Uh, because yeah, in the have you been on? You must have been on before together. No, never. Yeah, I can't even look at him in the eye when I'm talking because I'm just I'm, I'm tingling inside. You're giggling like a little schoolgirl. It's, like, it's like me. You should, you should never meet your heroes. I say. <laughs> I think every time you've been arranged to be on one together, one. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say pulls out, but that's probably <laughs> not, not the there's right no point where we're involved. <laughs> it's just been nerves, really. Like yeah. we've only really spoke over sort of digital. It's like the first date on a MSN Messenger. Yeah, yeah. Nudging each other at night. Yeah, so just to make people realise in the WhatsApp group, Dan, you have got big feelings for Ben, haven't you? Oh, I'd, I'd like to think it was mutual oh, yeah, it's, more it's than, definitely, than it's definitely one mutual. way. It's definitely mutual. Making yeah. me sound like some sort of stalker now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see how this blossoms over the next recording. You're calling him a prick of an half an hour. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Cardiff. We've got some other bits to talk about with Neves. Of course, and we're going to obviously talk about the game against Huddersfield as well. But first, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who listened to our mental health podcast last week. Uh, we had a lot of correspondence about people listening to the show and people in similar situations. And all. And what was really nice to hear as well is people who said they, they've never really experienced mental health, but it gave them a bit of a eye-opening to how people feel who perhaps have those challenges. So... Uh, just say a really big thank you for people listening and the kind comments we got. It went really well, Dan. I thought, Dan, sorry. And, uh, Dandy. And, Dandy. <laughs> Andy. Andy. It, it did, did yeah. really well. It did. It was a bit daunting at first to sit down and open up. and But it went really well, I thought, once mm. we started going. It was great. And the feedback's been excellent. Uh, if you want to listen to it, it is only the podcast we did last week. It's in the archives. It's called It's Time to Talk, so you can listen to it there. And if there's any other kind of podcast topics you'd like us to cover, football-related, potentially non-football-related, don't worry, wrestling won't <coughs> be one, don't worry, uh, that you'd like us to cover as one-off specials, let us know. Uh, at Do We Do FC Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Walls Fancast, or email us podcast at wallsfancast.com, and we will look and verify and decide, or just bin it. <laughs> That'll be the choice. Uh, right, we're going to talk about the game at the weekend, of course, on Sunday night. It was Super Sunday, 4 o'clock on Sky. It was the first time since when do you think we had that 4 o'clock Super Sunday? Sunderland, when we last when we won that game, the last Premier League win? That should have been in the quiz, really, shouldn't it? It should have <laughs> yeah. been, yeah. I've let, I've let loose there. Yeah, but anyway, so it, we were all set up for this moment we'd all been waiting for, that 4pm Super Sunday. And Wolves, of course, lost 2-0 uh, to Huddersfield. Uh, Aaron Moy with two goals, Huddersfield gave them the win. And, gentlemen, Huddersfield bottom of the league at the time. What the hell happened here? Because this was arguably the worst performance under Mr Nuno. Who would like to start on this one? Silence. Where do you start with it? It was a shambles from the very first minute. From the very start of the game, we kept giving the ball away so cheaply. And then obviously, within five minutes, we were 1-0 down because Doxy made a really shitty pass, didn't track his runner, left 2-on-1 against Bennett, then all of a sudden it's in the back of the net. And it never really recovered from that period mm. for the rest of that half. I think they had three free headers in the box. We could have been three or four down by half-time mm. quite easily. Anybody else to add initially on Andy's thoughts? I just, I just thought we were outthought, outworked, and it was. I, I personally would say it was comfortably the worst performance under Nuno. Um, that's not to take anything away from Huddersfield, who actually thought 
mm. counter-wolves and, and did a real, real job on they, us. They had a game plan, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and, and take absolutely nothing away from them. They, they were fantastic. Mm. And it highlighted any flaws and all the flaws that this Wolves team has. And, you know, we'll probably come on to it, but the sort of the lack of our ability to change it up, sort of horses for courses, just really showed up. Mm. And, you know, fair play to Huddersfield. That's all I can say because it was it was a complete and utter domination, I thought. Dan, initial thoughts on the defeat to Huddersfield? I think it's just a repeated waffle all over again. Mm. Just self-entitlement from the stands and on the pitch. That all we had to do was turn up and we'd, we'd steamroll them. Do you think that you, there was an element of that? We all kind of thought this is a banker, as it were. Huddersfield, bottom of the league. With how we've been playing, yes, we've had a bit of a dip period that we perhaps a lot of us did go into thinking, well, yeah, this is this is you know this is three points all over, isn't it? I think there was an element of that. I think I don't think the international break helped us. Whereas I know that Huddersfield I think went to Marbs for the week, didn't they? They had a week in at Marbella getting a bit of vitamin D, like what we did earlier mm. in the year. And that seems to have worked then wonders. Whereas our players have obviously had to do a fair few miles, mm. so I don't think that helps. But we did come back thinking, yeah, bottom of the league, this should be three points easily, and it was anything but. I I would agree with Dan. I definitely thought there was, if if the players underestimated Huddersfield, then I felt the fans did to a greater extent, which you've you've seen from the reaction because if that performance came against arguably anyone other than Huddersfield, Cardiff, or Fulham, I don't think you see the the breakdown. Yeah, I get on, like, on Twitter like that. Yeah. That was almost like we, you know, lost in the cup to a lower league team. When essentially we have still lost to a team that stayed in the division last mm. year. They are one of the poorer sides, but they're a Premier League side, mm. and they were they were canny, and they just like I said, they just did a real real job. I guess if that was Chelsea and we played like that, like you say, people perhaps would have gone, "Oh well, it's Chelsea. You can't expect that sometimes, can you?" But I would I would say even if it was someone not as good as Chelsea. If Bournemouth did that to us, then I don't think there's the same sort mm. of reaction. Um, you know, Watford did do that to us, and there wasn't the same sort of "is Nuno the right man for the job?" questions that are that are being, mm. however, sort of flippantly they're being asked. They are being asked, and I just felt that there was just, I think, all round, like like Dan said, there was just a massive sense of self entitlement, and it backfired within. Within five minutes. I'm going to just keep a tally of the Dan Ben <laughs> well, agreements. That's, that's two so far. That's two so far. Let's see where we get to. <coughs> it it did almost feel like we lost to a championship team, didn't it? Because I think everyone thinks Huddersfield, they're doomed, they're relegated. But the way we played, it almost felt like I was watching Wolves in the Championship with players like Savile and Henry again at times. Yeah, it, it was very surreal. It was a very Kenny Jacket-esque yeah. performance. Yeah. Well, I, I was put on Twitter in, you know, during quite an angry sort of half an hour after the game finished that not only is it as bad as anything under Nuno it's arguably as bad as anything under Fosum it it was that mm. bad mm. just in all in all facets of the game it was just it was that disappointing and that bereft of quality and effort that you know you you're going back to at least some of the real dross under Lambert to be anywhere near as bad as that what is it then about and Andy touched on it just and we've talked about it on the podcast before why is it that we just can't cope going a goal down? It all, and again, it came very early on again, like Watford. But there's almost this sense that the it was it's too much of a sucker punch for them. You can just tell straight away they're just like that the confidence just goes, and they seem to be a team that is bred 
on scoring first and going from that and building confidence to that. And that must be a bit of a concern that if we're going a goal down and we I can't think seem we've, to come from it. We've gone behind, I think, either 16 or 17 times under Nuno. <coughs> we've only turned one of those round into a win. And I think on four occasions have we gotten a draw out mm. of it. The rest have resulted in losses. And it's not like we concede in 70 minutes onwards. A lot of the time we concede in the first half. And we've just not been able to turn things around in, in a positive slant. I don't know if anyone else knows. I just kind of got the, the feeling at the start of the game, which was similar to Watford and to Spurs in a sense, we were almost just trying to feel our ways in, way into the game rather than taking it to the team, which we've done last season. And therefore, we've almost been vulnerable to concede that goal and be like, well, what do we do now? As before, we've always just gone gung-ho straight away and got that goal. And we just seem to grow from there. I actually thought we started quite well for the first three or four minutes. I know we are a really small sample size, mm. but I thought we looked okay. Um, but like you say, when we, go, when we go a goal down, because the way that the team are built is to control games. Mm. And to control a game, you also need to be leading it. Wolves aren't... Although we've got players with pace, we don't particularly, and we never have played with genuine pace, especially at home when a team sits in. I mean, we had issues with teams like Forest when they went when they went one nil up last year. It becomes a really difficult game mm-hmm. for the way that for the way that this wall side are sort of built up to turn games around like that. But I don't think we're built to score more than two goals a game ever. It's just what you said. We try and get that one goal, and then it's all about game management from there. And in the Premier League, we haven't got that luxury anymore. Whereas in the Championship, we could steamroll teams in the first first half of games, and then second half, we just bullied them to death for possession. Uh, second half, Wolves did try and pick it up a bit, and perhaps the crucial moment came with Jimenez's header, just so <laughs> inches off the line. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that graphic literally sums up the last few weeks. Yeah, it, it does. But at the same time, you know, we had we had one at Blues last year, didn't we? That just went over the mm. line, and that's. You can't, you know, moan, bemoan it too much because that's what the technology is there for. And, you know, if that's the only thing that you can take out of it, we didn't score still. It wasn't a goal, yeah, was it? So yeah. it, it was close. Yeah. And, and the graphic makes it even closer. But it wasn't a goal. And I, that was, that I was haven't seen any goal or non-goal that close. Oh, no, it was It was, it was ridiculous, ridiculous wasn't it? Close. It was yeah. ridiculously close. And I, I probably think without the technology, the ref would have given it as yeah. a goal. No, yeah. Because it looked like a goal watching it on TV. I'm not sure what it looked like in the stadium, but on TV it looked a goal. Um, and even on the replays, as you're watching the slow motion in the ball tracking, you think there's no way that this isn't going to go all the way over the line, but it didn't. And that's that. But I think that wouldn't. I'm trying to think if there's going to be scenarios where we've equalised. Usually, if we go behind and we do equalise, we seem to. We Again, the confidence comes up. And I got the feeling that if we, we were just building momentum. And if we had scored that, if that had gone over the line, I think the game might have been a bit different. I think we would have gone for it a bit more. Yeah, goals change games, don't they? Mm. And the momentum would have been right behind us had that have actually counted. Uh, I'm to mention Jimenez's one-on-one chance. Just What is he doing? Oh. I've just <laughs> completely forgot about that. And I'm yeah. rolled again. What's he doing? I've watched it back today. He's, he's, he's literally through on goal. He's on his right foot. What's he doing? Do you know what annoys me more? The fact that he's had the instinct to, to see the defender injured and think, right, I'm going to be a bit of a... You know, and and use the fact that he's injured to play myself on side, which is fantastic, like natural striking ability. That's the first thing he should be mm. doing. But there's not another striker in the Premier League that gets in that position and doesn't. Mm. His first instinct isn't right. I'm going to just rifle this into the bottom corner. 
I'll, I'll get powers for it, but in that exact same situation, if he would have done, made the same move that Jimenez would have made, Bonatini would have scored that. Okay. And I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, happy, I'm, to, I'm yeah. happy to say that because Bonatini <coughs> does have a... He's obviously nowhere near the player that Jimenez is. Mm. Jimenez is streets and streets ahead. But I think Bonatini's a more confident... He, he's got a more natural instinct to go for goal. Yeah. Like he does have a lot of shots. If you remember when he wasn't scoring goals, there was a lot of shots that he was missing last year. And Jimenez doesn't doesn't strike me as someone that's going to have five or six shots a game. Like if he's going to score, it's going to be off off one one attempt. But it's almost like when he was going on goal, he could see the panic. I, I, All of a sudden, mm. it was unless he didn't know what he was doing. Unless he thought that he was going to be flagged offside or something. I don't. I don't know. He was either celebrating before he even shot, which didn't know what to do with himself. But he didn't but even pass it to that, someone. No, there wasn't no. even anyone there to pass it. It weren't like someone was. Like, you know, it wasn't like Harry Kane on, against yeah. Croatia. Yeah. That I someone was. Don't remind yourself. You know, you know that. that someone was there, and that that was the option. The option wasn't even there. If who was it that was running alongside him? Was it? There was Traore was running from deep. I yeah. think Doherty was on the outside. Costa was on the other side. Who was he passing it to? Traore. Well, at first, know, I thought he was trying to set him up because he was a good there. ten yards behind. Because it, the pass was that bad that you couldn't even pinpoint where he was going. Mm. So he's got caught in two minds, and it's it's just terrible. It's so poor. It's so poor. And like you said, that changes the game as well. But then again, it, it sums up what we've talked about the last few weeks. One on ones, just ridiculous. How yeah. we are terrible at one on ones. Mm. We've missed like far too many, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, you can you can argue we had Kavskins Arsenal, which wasn't really a one on one, but. But the classic yeah. one-on-one oh, yeah. has been yeah. terrible. Yeah. And how that would have changed games. in. But at least test the keeper. Like they, He hasn't... Yeah, you've got to get um, a shot off yeah. there. Did we test the keeper? He didn't make a sack. Jota. Jota's apart from that one. The one which is which was unlucky. Yeah. Jota's unlucky. Yeah, the yeah. keeper got a good yeah. hand to it, didn't <laughs> yeah, he? Because yeah. otherwise that's, go, that's going in. Yeah, and then you have that kind of... The hope builds yeah. up there mm. from that bit. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we really properly. What minute was that? The Jota that was late. Yeah, it was late. Was yeah. It, I think eight, four, I think Neves is frick at the end. Some of poor we was that uh, day. Yeah, but um, it just even so, what the, took the eighty with this side, it took the eighty fourth minute at home to even have a chance on goal. Which again, you can compliment Huddersfield because you can say they got their game plan right. But if looking at how we played at the start of the season, where's where's that side gone? Well, it's just it's. You know, not even the start of the season. Against Arsenal, we created a yeah. lot of chances. Um, That's from and, being in front now as well, isn't it? Yeah. But, but, yeah, because even if we conceded, we still went, right, we are going to go win this game. But, but in this run, we've still. it's not like we've stopped creating chances. This is the this and the Watford game are the two outliers for the mm. rest of the season because in every other game, we've created a lot. Yeah. Brighton, we created lots and lots of chances. Tottenham, we created lots and lots of chances. Arsenal, we created bundles. So there's only these two games, really, that you say we were just stopped by a more streetwise. Mm. I don't want to say better side because then I don't feel like either of them are better sides. But just on the day, they just they just they had picked, yeah they? yeah yeah. And we, like I said, we were dreadful. But I don't see it as like a. I, I don't feel the need to be making wholesale statements and changes. And it was just one of them which you're going to have in the Premier League because we're no we're no longer one of the eight, nine best teams in the division, which means in half the games we're playing against teams who are better than us and in the other half we're playing against teams who are about the same as us. Mm. And the second half we had the free kick goal, which was, you take the actual free kick, it was a great finish. Patricia got a hand to it, it went in anyway, but the talking point of course has been about the wall and Costa and there's been mixed opinions about this. Where does everybody stand with Costa and the wall? 
Well, there was that tweet that Costa said about he was told to stand there. So was that Patricio who told him to stand there? To so, be... so that maybe he could see well, the, think... the ball? So I think he, he was on the short. No. He, was, he yeah. was covering the short if that goes out for someone to then but whip it back he's, across. He's only... That's the idea, isn't And it, Patricio yeah. is, you know, without putting words in his mouth, he's obviously backing himself to save anything that goes into that corner. So he's sacrificing that man. Costa's there to, to look at anything that's short. But I think if Costa was another three yards away from the wall, then it doesn't look as strange. It's the fact that there was that hole in the yeah. wall. He's only one Co- step across. And it perfectly goes in that Co- hole. Costa well. essentially wasn't part of the wall. He was just positioned If he's that. trying to stop any runners, there was nobody down there. There was yeah. two people over the free kick. Yeah. If he does play it short, then you've got an easy run if he's just part of the wall yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so think, I don't, really I don't the think there's a short to be played there. You've, no. got, you've got Moyu's currently in swinging. And Billings, who's left-footed, who would go over the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. So we ain't going to do a short to a left-footed player on the or right Billings, side. Yeah, right, right, no, and a winger. No. The thing that made the ball even daft, Costa's cupping himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's. It, I'm just trying to make sense of it because otherwise, someone's got to. Because it, do, it doesn't make, make it doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Someone made the point to be on the highlight that if you watch it again, Neves almost turns to his side as well, and if he's he does, face yeah. on. Oh, but it takes it in the chest. It's, it's nitpicking, yeah. though, yeah. isn't it? When, mm. you know, well, so this is Twitter. Everyone likes yeah. nitpicking. Yeah. <laughs> Still, situation keeper shouldn't be getting beat on his near no, post. No, no. Especially when he's got his hand to it, it. It's just, it was terrible all round again from from Wolves. And was it a case of Huddersfield were just playing chicken, going, well, this is how we've set up. We've got a guy here. You decide how you're going to act. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. They just, yeah. And, mm. they, and, we, and they just took advantage of that. Um, Let's go through plays. I know that no one really had a good game, bar maybe <coughs> a couple. So let's go for the played well firstly. Anybody stand out at least for you on Sunday? Apart oh. from that one challenge Cody did in the first half, I thought that was all terrible. Mm. You don't think Gibbs yeah. White, for example, when he came on? I Not really. really. He, he tried to put it through the middle again. He tried he just, to oh, he, it Billing just ate everything yeah. up around oh, yeah. him. There's a couple of times he had a decent couple of passes, but not, not enough to be effective. I think it's as poor as he's been for us. Mm. Not, I'm not saying he was poor, but he's looked better in other games. He was still better than Matinho, though. I thought I thought Matinho was better than Neves. In the oh first, yeah, in the I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, I didn't understand the change. Um, Triore, probably. Yeah. He, he he was the only player that looked like he was going to, you know, he do something on, on yeah. another day. He has an assist for that Jimenez goal. Yeah. Um, I could positively give Triore a six out of ten, which is whereas the, which, the rest yeah. was way below. That. He's so he's three or four marks up on everyone else. Yeah. Vinagra. I thought he, <laughs> he had a couple of exciting runs. I thought he did all right. Early on. I think at least yeah. he looked like he was really trying for me. And the goal hasn't game. come from his side either, has it? No. So I think what hasn't helped Vinagra was that the fact that Bolly was terrible. Bolly was I, awful. I, he just he had one of those games that you worry about with Bolly, where he's just <laughs> doing what he wants rather than concentrating on the game. And he needs he needs to switch back on because he's going to be with a less experienced defender next to him mm. he's had Johnny that can that is an experience then he can cover if Bolly does have these little you know mind mounts that he occasionally has but Vinagra isn't going to be doing that so Bolly's got to sort of take up this responsibility now for the next couple of months the thing I noticed for the game tactically was that Huddersfield at the start pressed high from the start almost it was almost like in my mind it was a case <coughs> of right Wolves don't really score many goals we're going to really press we can get a goal in the first 10 We'll rattle them and we can just play deep. And also, they just doubled up on Cavan Costa, and which they did with Toro when he came on. And it was almost like they just negated the creative outlet. And that was it. They got their but game they, management perfectly. Yeah. I think the way they set up by having pretty much four centre midfielders on the pitch. Mm. 
So you had the one defensive midfielder, one attacking, and then you two normal. So when the ball went wide to either of our wingers, you've got their wing backs, plus you've got their centre offs who can step out and double up on them. You've got uh, uh, Neves and Matinho who would usually sit deep anyway. So they're getting hassled by their attacking midfielder plus one of the other two uh, deeper players. So at no point did they allow us to settle. They were always within touching distance of us throughout the mm. entire game. I expected them to tire, but they worked their bollocks off. Mm. It was ridiculous. <coughs> I thought um, Alex Pritchard for them did well, personally. I thought Billing, Moy and Pritchard was just brilliant from start to finish, like yeah. we said. expecting them to tire out, but they had something to fight for, didn't they, being one up mm. early on? Somebody from Huddersfield tweeted after the game when they'd won, and they're on the team coach, and they said something like, oh, about Moy saying, oh, that jet lag didn't affect him then. And yeah. you, know, you read that and you go, oh, don't rub it in. Yeah. Don't rub it in. But if you as an opposition manager playing Wolves, though, there's a, there's a, there's a game plan there. Yeah. If you get into Wolves early and you score early, you're going to back yourself. I, I think every team in the league would back themselves to Well, that seems mm. Watford, technically, you could argue, well, hang on, it's worked there and it's worked elsewhere. And technically dispersed to an extent. There's definitely a game plan yeah. for mm. beating Wolves. and, and Hud- to pack the midfield. And Huddersfield just exploited it perfectly. I want to talk about uh, fans booing. So there was natural boos at half-time and full-time, but a lot of what we saw on social media after the game were people either complaining that people were booing or people complaining that, uh, okay, it's okay for you to boo, but you should be singing your heart out and supporting the team throughout the game. Again, a lot of that I just see as people trying to score some social media points, but where do everybody feel on the booing aspect? Is it all right at full time, at half time, to be if you want to, should you be in the game? Should you be singing your heart out during? What do I think? think it's absolutely ridiculous to be booing at this. I mean, look, how far we've come in like the last two, three years, we could still be in League One if it weren't for Fouts and Boyne. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. Gotta be, oh, I mean, start start the season. I said I'd be happy with 10th to 14th. I'm allowed to nod if he says <laughs> does that count as just I thought I had to like <coughs> actually confirm it I do agree with that yeah. continue 10th to 14th I predicted the start season that's where we are when we drop below that then I'll start to worry lose Friday then I might get a bit more nervous but there's got to be a, a bit of realism how far we've come and it has if we've spent like I mean compared to like who spent big money this Fulham. Fulham how much money we've spent compared to them is it more though that the because of the, the the slight run we're having at the minute, it's another defeat in that that people then obviously get a bit titchy, or, and that, again it goes to this fact of it's Huddersfield at home, the bottom of the league with how we've been playing, we should I, have won the game. I just think it goes back to the South entitlement that everyone, anyone that's booing at the end of that game has gone into it with the with the idea that if Wolves don't win this game, then it's a travesty, and they haven't won the game, so the first reaction is to boo. I, I don't think we boo if you lose to any other team. I think there was a bit of it was the fact that it, it did feel like some of the players just didn't give 100%. Looking really at see, some of I them. Did, I didn't see that, though. I didn't see a lack of effort. I just I just saw I a team that were, be, that were better on the day. And we that, just seemed mm, off our game completely. That, that was it. I, di- I didn't see a lack of effort from anyone. Mm. It weren't like they weren't trying to turn the game around. Mm. And it weren't like they, you know, we've seen performances in, in the bad times when we got relegated from the championship, where you genuinely looked like players didn't care. Mm. I didn't get that on Sunday. I just, I think sometimes we've got to realise that we are just going to get beat and we're going to leave the ground and think, you know what, I thought we'd get some of there and we've just absolutely scored. And 
I that, don't know. There was one or two I thought Costa just looked like he just couldn't be asked. He looked so far I, off I the pace. I thought Costa was the one who who literally didn't literally didn't look like he cared. Yeah. There was, so there was times when there could have been like just a little bit more effort just to, to get a bit faster than a jog pace mm. and just didn't want to know. Same with Doc, which is something that you very rarely can say. Like with that first goal, the fact that he left his runner to go and, and do the overlap and it was just little bits like that. He just felt like it was... It was just a bit too much effort. So I think that was why there was booing more so than the actual performance was, yeah, I don't mind losing so long as I know that you've given everything on the pitch. And there was one or two I would question that they did that. It's not what he says. It's all about self-entitlement again. If it would have been against any other team, mm. the fans wouldn't have reacted like that. But because it's all just filled, people was predicting three, four nil wins. I was. I, I thought we'd win four or five nil, I did. <coughs> well, a lot yeah, of people in our group said it could be a pasting, you know. And I think we have been expecting mm. that slightly again because of how we've been playing. And but I think I under I definitely underestimated underestimated Huddersfield because they were just better than I thought they were, and we weren't as good as I know we can be. Does Nuno have a plan B at all? Does he need a plan B? Because he's very set on having this style, and there's been a lot of a couple of pieces recently where. You know, people have talked about he doesn't really need to change what he's doing. It's worked so far. He just needs to work out the kinks. Is there still an argument, though, that if it's still nothing happens, then he's got to change it? Can the players play a different way if they've been so used to one set way? I saw an interview today. I think it's on the Sky Sports website with Nuno. And he was talking about his plan B would be the exact same formation, but with different personnel. So he's saying that it's not really about tinkering and putting players in different positions. It's putting different players in the same position. I don't quite believe that to be accurate, but that seems to be his school of thought on it. Anyone else? What do we think? I think he needs a plan B. Just sort of spun to my mind is, you've got like Cody as a sweeper at the moment. Could we push him in front of the two centre-backs as a defensive mid to allow Neves and Matias to get a bit more up the field? Well, this is where I was thinking about... Go to, about, back, go to yeah. back four yeah. and then having Cody a bit more... Well, I was thinking with Dendonka could do that. Like, don't get me wrong, I like Bennett, but he he ain't really great on the ball with it, whereas we could always have someone like Dendonka in there who could then step into midfield and a bit more bite. Then we could change maybe to a 4-5-1 or however you want to spin it. But mm. If I see oh. Bennett shoot from 30 yards again, I'm going to headbutt the person in front of me. <laughs> All the fans shouted, shoot, Why? and then got pissed off when he put it, like, Rose Ed's like, Bennett, of course it, it was. Since, like, last season, he's done it a few times now, and I don't think he's even come close to it in the no. target, never mind <laughs> no. scoring from that distance. It's, it's like Sykes when he scored against Millwall last season. He, people still encourage him to shoot every now and again from distance, but just no. On, on Bennett, I think that a lot of people questioned whether he was going to be good enough in the Premier League, and he started really well, so I feel like we've sort of rode the train while it was still moving mm. I'd argue now is it still working or is now the time where maybe you bring in the player the player that you've bought in in the summer because I imagine Nuno would have probably thought that Dendonka would have been, already been in the side by now but mm. he's but he's got as much out of Bennett as he as he could because he was playing so well and I know it's only one bad performance and I'm not saying that he's He's the worst, and he needs to come out. But I, mm. I just feel that if you were ranking the Wolves players in, in who could be taken out, I think that's a switch that could quite easily be made. I think. Mm. Right in the summer, 
it looked like it was going to be Sace in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he was playing at the planning, and then with that Villarreal game, he just changed up, and then we've not looked back since. I mean, it, personally for me, if you were going to change it, I appreciate that Nuno saying he's not going to change his style, but I think we've talked about it in the group for putting Den Donker in the middle. In, uh, if we're always being counted in the middle and doubled up, why aren't we almost trying to match that and have a support? That's his stubbornness. Neves or Matinho, or you drop Neville's, Neves or Matinho, have Gibbs White with. I was thinking that you know you have Dendonka is almost like you in front of your defence. You have Neves who returns to being the playmaker, and Gibbs White is almost your attacking threat. But the where, three. who are you? Getting rid of because you've got three central midfield then, players now. So where's the player to, coming that's from? That's you've got to change the formation. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. you've got to have two up front. Technically, the, the only mm. the only way you could do it is if you potentially literally had Gibbs White as a player that's directly off a striker. Yeah. So you've almost got three behind the striker. That, yeah. That's one way of doing it, I suppose. Because um, then you could still keep it. You could still keep it. You could keep it five at the back then, couldn't you? And then have have the two in front of. You're relying on your wing backs to really be yeah, at yeah, that point. Yeah. I mean there was even one point in the second half where Doherty was playing um as almost the front three and Costa went back in defence. It it's was just working out where you get rid of a player to, yeah. to add another <laughs> but player. Because that, I mean. that is a complete change of shape. But then that's changing the system. Yeah, which, which he's he's not done and he's No. He's ev- every to. single game that he's managed off the top I think he might have changed it slightly at City mm. in the League Cup. But he's pretty much had the same shape. And I'd be I'd be stunned if he was to change it and it's a mid-season. Risk. And in a, in a game against Cardiff, it's a, knowing we, we need to pick up a win now, it's a risk. So I, I think it's safe to assume that it's going to be this formation until the end of the season. Mm. So the, the only things that we should be talking about in terms of tinkering with the team is personnel rather than shape because that's I personally don't think that's going to happen. Do you think playing Cody as that sweeper rather than just in front of the <coughs> do you think that leaves us always on the back foot? Because every attack then is starting from so deep that if the midfield, the opposition midfielders get the ball, then they're straight onto us and we're on our 18-yard box. So you keep the same personnel, but you just move it a little bit further forward. I, but that that negates a lot of what we do. We don't want to get into two tactical talk because it's it's quite dull but oh, I want the whiteboard though <laughs> with the, the, the circles but the reason that it works so well is because the two central defenders can split and without having Cody in the middle of it the two central defenders can't split which means you're completely exposed on either flank which means your wing backs have to stay in which then means rather than playing a, a three it's always a five because your centre backs have to stay central mm. because Cody's in front of them so then Changing Bennett for Dendonka, who is going to be better on the ball. He's a midfielder come centre half. Putting him in there rather than Bennett, that yeah. would probably help us a bit Yeah, because it's with... another transition, isn't it? Yeah. In summary, then, gentlemen of, of Huddersfield, because I know we've been criticised in recent weeks for being too negative, so we can't be too negative, but I think we've talked about before how we're going to have these games where we're going to play teams at home expecting to win and we'll just easily lose. Are we going to chalk up as another one of those? Or. Do we have to say to the team they've got to learn from that? That's what, that's what it is. It's just got to be. As long as they learn from it, then then there's no issue. Mm. We're going to lose games. Let's get over it. Look at the next one. Perfectly summed up there, by Ben. Yeah, perfectly. Just Good. forget matches after international breaks. <laughs> just, skip, just, just, <laughs> just give skip just on. give the kids. Well, I, I did mount at the game on Sunday. That it's, it's same again after another international break. It doesn't made any changes. 
the only change he made was forced upon him. Yeah, somebody said he keeps that to on me. talking about the squad, the squad, yeah. the squad, and he doesn't use, he doesn't the, squad. use the squad. Somebody said that to me at work today. If they've just come back from a break, why aren't you giving other players a chance to help those others freshen up? Can I just confirm? I agree with the point made by Dan. And I will make a note of Thank that. You. There we go. It's on the tally. <laughs> the fourteenth agreement of the night. <laughs> uh, so the Huddersfield all wrapped up. Okay, we're going to talk uh, Cardiff and other things after this. Welcome back to the show. We're going to talk uh, Nevis now and in the papers, uh, the January transfer window is starting to heat up and the big thing with Wolves is Nevis being linked to a, a move to Juventus with Man City circling around as well. Wolves won't sell for any price. Now, come on. Wolves will sell for a price, surely. Yeah, 100 mil. <laughs> don't, no, they won't, sell, they won't sell for any price and that's what the story says. Yeah, but... He's 300 million. Uncle, nah, you're all right, mate. If Uncle Jorge's involved, it'll be let my <clears throat> let my player move, and I'll get you someone good back, i.e. Tilisca. Come on, Tilisca, come home. <laughs> he's coming. That's the only reason he's gone to China to get these some wrangler work permit somewhere <laughs> yeah. or other. There's he's no been, way he went to China for just money. He's been circling Bobbington for two years, <laughs> hasn't he? <laughs> Um, we never. He's not going to go in January, regardless, no. is he? Really? That's no. never. It's, surely it's going to be next it. summer. Yeah, he won't go. Uh, no chance he'll go. Why not? I just, oh, again, because Wolves won't sell for any. Price. He can play in the Champions League. Hundred mil. I just, I don't think he'll go. But I think that's the end. Mark of the, that down as a disagreement. Yeah, that is right. the first Here we disagreement. Lovers tiff. Mark there it as go. an X. It, it's very <laughs> rare that you get such a big transfer in the January transfer window. Yeah. that's the main reason I don't think he'll go. But if we're like, if we're in relegation battle and someone comes in with a hundred million. That might be the only the thing. Is if, if we're in a relegation but battle, no one's going to come in for hundred million pounds for a midfielder, no, right? No, Obviously, true. ain't doing a lot. But I mean, that that's like the only way. That's the worst case scenario and I can see. Him going. Has Nevers been oh. absolutely fantastic this season so far, or uh, is it that they're looking at it as a twenty-one-year-old and potential? From Juventus's point of view, it has to be a player that turns them from maybe winning the Champions League to winning the Champions mm. League. And Nevis doesn't do that, so why, why would you... And commercially, and it's bo- got to sell the shirts. And I don't and think Juventus fans not really know Nevis. Well, selling them in January doesn't make a great deal of sense because you're not going to get a replacement in. It won't happen. It'll probably happen in the summer. But Man United, <laughs> where money's no issue and they're starting to panic and they've got the Mourinho and Mendes link. Oh, you can... Yeah. <laughs> he won't go that's the, that's the end of the discussion he he's, will not leave he's off to Man United in January okay exclusive there from Dan he's off Man United Ben would you like to counter that argument I've just counted it he's not going <laughs> it's, a, it's another one it's no, another that's still the, no that's still the same disagreement as before <laughs> okay I'll correct that there we go it's off there and I think by saying that he's going to Man United Dan agrees that he's not going to Juventus I'm trying to uh, hang on I'm trying to keep score here <laughs> that's tenuous that he, ain't, tenuous. he ain't going in January it's just yes that's another one <laughs> <laughs> it's just I have to think the worst in order to when it, if it does happen then well I told you so that's cover the all bases yeah good it's worth saying no one's going to pay £100 million for a midfielder who ain't scoring Lampard mm. Gerrard-esque ratio no and he's he's defensive midfielder, isn't he? So yeah, and he ain't our Perlo, is he? Yet he's not winning the Nations League, is he? You know who's winning the Nations League? Holland, Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the other story which was last <laughs> week, which is uh, 
Der Spiegel, which is that German uh, outlet that has been doing all these f- football investigation stories recently, especially with the one with uh, Ronaldo, you would have seen. And they've obviously set their sights on Wolves. Uh, and there was a story online uh, last week, which is another classic kind of, oh, we don't think this is right with Mendes and what's going on at Wolves. Um, and I'm just going to point out this one bit. Now, obviously, the, the uh, piece is suggesting that they've seen internal emails between Jeff Sheen uh, and so forth. One bit that really stuck out for me, again, this is just all apparently in suggestions, is one email apparently said, uh, this is in regards to um, Fosen had asked Steve Morgan before the sale went through to sign three players. And the the extract apparently reads, uh, Fosen would like the club to sign three players, Cav, Costa and Pele, unfortunately not that Pele, uh, before the sale and purchase completed. But as she reported back to Gustafi, Morgan refused... We have to wait. Please help us hold any player to join Wolves. Um, the piece then goes on to say he wanted uh, to discuss things in more detail with Mendes the next day. When, when uh, contacted by EIC, Morgan denied having any knowledge of this communication. Now, that's just a little bit of what's in the piece. You can go online and find it and read it if you want to. But I think the key for me is this is just all we're always going to have this, aren't we? We're always going to have this kind of, oh, it doesn't seem right and it seems a bit dodgy. Yeah, the football purists are never going to like the relationship, are they? The article refers to us as the Wolverhampton Wanderers the whole way through it as well, which is, I just find it annoying. They always say it's an unspectacular city, which I find yeah. quite <laughs> offensive as well. What did they say? Have you actually been? A, a traditional club in an unspectacular yeah. city. I bet they've never stepped foot in it. It's like that trip, it wasn't a trip advisor, the um, Lonely Planet review, when they said we were the fourth worst city in the world. Ahead of the slums in Rio de Janeiro, <laughs> and the byline says we've never been to Wolverhampton, but city of dreams, everybody. They've obviously never been to Planet on a Saturday night or Kebab Rush, <laughs> Port Bap Joint. List, the list goes on. The list goes on. The list goes on. The moth. Surely it's not that odd that an ownership already wants certain personnel in place for when they start. That's not bizarre, is it? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. Because managers, when. How would Morgan Owners. have actually have signed those players without the sale going through? I don't know. Whether or not he, they would... Subsidise? Yeah. Maybe he would pay it and then the club would have sold for, for 20 million more or whatever. I, I don't know, but... We're not financial anything. people, are we? Yeah. That's we just want to see yeah. people kicking the ball. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. We're always going to have these stories, aren't we? Absolutely. Always well, going yeah. to Now the transfer window's fast approaching... Never is going to be linked to every club under the sun, and the sun, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be used for every, everyone else, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, you know we've got links to that Napoli player. They've that dear worried and when what's yeah. happened on that since. I think it's the most boring of these football links that I've seen because they just came out with stuff that was already. Like <coughs> at least if it was going to be one of these football links, I wanted it to be a bit scandalous. So it was just a bit boring. Yeah, make their next scandal about Wolves more interesting. <laughs> That's our demand. <laughs> okay, we're going to preview the game of the weekend, and it is Cardiff away on Friday night. Reminiscence, of course, to the famous night earlier on in the year where Wolves won 1-0, two missed penalties right at the end. Gentlemen, I'm going to do the goodie preview in a second, but do I get the feeling this is all set up for Warnock's revenge? Because he will rile that team, won't he, come Friday? We've been saying it for weeks now, haven't we, Dave, that it's, it's, it's all set up for that, being on Sky again. Is Mike Dean in charge again? <laughs> Let's hope. Let's just hope. It's just got. I mean, it's just it's got carnage written all over it again. 
You can just see Warnock running on the pitch oh, at the end of the game. Yeah. 100%. If mm. Cardiff win, he'll be on the pitch. Top off, Ryan Giggs-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Show off, hairy chest. Why does he still wear hoodies? He's, He's an old man. He shouldn't still wear hoodies to press conferences. He needs to grow old with a bit of grace. So what should he be wearing, Ben? Just like a... Not Suit. a hoodie. He wears like a shiny hoodie. So like just an, anything. He's like 70. <laughs> just... He's not going on the pitch, so he doesn't need to wear boots. He doesn't need to wear a tracksuit. He's not going to play, is it? Hello, young people. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, what. Yeah. Hello, fellow kids. I know this. I know this isn't the the major crux of this game, but that's the thing that annoys me the most. He's not going to play, so why are you wearing a tracksuit and boots? Hoodie watch. That's yeah. what we need on Friday. Yeah. People, Still... when you're watching the game there or on the telly, <coughs> tweet us hashtag hoodie watch. It still goes back to Dad's question, but what is he supposed to wear then? Yeah, a suit. He's not a, jump, suit, he's not a suit, suit man. A Cardiff is rugby <laughs> shirt, that's fine. Like a Terry Connor Cardiff. If he had a little rugby yes, shirt on, that is or acceptable. a polo shirt, I'd be fine with a polo shirt and a pair of slacks. He does. He isn't going to play, is he? He like, does wear a polo shirt in the summer games, doesn't he? Well, I saw a hoodie, and it's not needed. <laughs> and, it, and it give him an asbo, and it brings a real shame upon that club. This is worse than when they played in red for a year. <laughs> The manager, Vince, cons- their elderly manager wearing hoodies. Vincent Tan wearing the red Cardiff top over a jumper. That was better. He should do that. <laughs> that was better than the hoodie. He should do that. Well. Uh, so Cardiff the, uh, on Friday night, they are 19th at the moment. They are joint bottom with goal difference. So we have played two teams technically at the bottom in a row. Oh, this is The knife could be getting worse <coughs> with this one. Uh, now, they're operating mostly on a, a championship squad. They've got a bit of lack of firepower. Uh, but Callum Patterson, a fullback, has been playing up front and he's their top scorer <laughs> for the season. Why are you laughing for, lads? Because he's going to score. I know no, he's he's just score. What's he his does... name? It was that Palace Danny and... Butterfield all yeah, over again. And he does a little dance when he scores as well. So he's going to score. Uh, Goody says, they're a big bruising team, as we all found out last season. We can't be drawn into the physical battle. Uh, we need to get back into the saddle and get back to basics with our system. Strong wing-backs. And a strong central midfield. Now, this is what's interesting. So, he, Goody gave me the transferred ins and outs for Cardiff. So, in, Josh Murphy, Bobby Reid, Alex Smithies, Greg Cunningham, Harry Arter, uh, Victor Camarasa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get it right. <laughs> Transfers out. Greg Halford. <laughs> That's... Didn't know he was still there up until the summer, mm. to be honest. Where has he been transferred to? It Guantanamo. <laughs> if not unlucky. <laughs> um, they're classic transfer ins for. Neil Warner, can't they? Yeah, it's. Oh, he's yeah. building for next season back in the championship. Is what it sounds like, doesn't it? Because I mean, that is a pure champion. Is Crouchy retired? No, he's still at Stoke. See, they should have, they should have, should have signed him in the summer. Yeah, and they're still doing long throws every game, Cardiff. I'd expect probably. So. I don't put myself through watching. No, I haven't watched any of their games. I think the last one I watched was Cardiff Newcastle, and it was oh, one of the worst oh, games I've ever that. seen. Yeah. Oh, it was painful. Well, they it? lost the last game they, uh, away to Everton. Yeah, one 0 Oh, gentlemen, we talked about it a bit in the Huddersfield then, and we, we kind of decided that Nuno isn't really going to change it formation-wise, but should he change it personnel-wise? Is this the game that he changes it or not? And if he, it is, who comes in and who goes out? I'd look at making at least two changes. Probably Dendonka, if I'm honest, bringing in. And I wouldn't be too disappointed if he started Traore. I know I've been a bit critical of him, but I do think that he's quite a physical <coughs> presence at least. And I think against Cardiff, you're going to need that. So I won't be too disappointed if he brings him in for Costa, because Costa's been terrible. Scapegoat. 
What cost him? Yeah, it's a new Skype guy. He's going to get blamed every week, regardless. So. Not blaming him for no, but that. It, but he, he has he's been already cheap. set himself up for for that position. So Gosh, that's he's not, he's not helping himself. Who is he, he to answer back on Twitter? Who does he think he is? <laughs> I like that. That's good. Oh yeah, I agree. But who, in my point of view, he agrees. That's why. <laughs> <what, laughs> that's why he's another Skype guy because he's answered back as well. Yeah, he's bit back, you know. And until he starts getting me goals and assists for my dream team, I'm, he, he's annoying me. I would like to see players bite back a bit more. I think it's refreshing. They're all so media trained. Yeah. Let them have a bit of a scuffle on Twitter. Love a pansy on Twitter, you know, <laughs> something like that. I, I like, like it. I, I thought it was good. I like it. Anyway, anyone with other changes that you'd like to see, or will there be changes? I want Jota back in. Yeah. yeah. Jota for Cav. And Traore for uh, Costa. I think. The thing is with Traore, starting him. He's only got like 10 sprints in him all game, and then he has to come off because he's, he's shagged. He has a couple of sprints. That's fine. I'm, I'd, I'd like to see that done from the start. We need to go, go Take off from Cardiff. Take 60 minutes and then bring on someone like Well, Kev. we've already shown that we need to get in front in game, so start him, mm. go 3-0 up after 15 minutes, take him off. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think Caballero has a better impact on games off the bench than yes. Jota does. Mm. I feel like Jota has to start a game. Um, to have as much he's got to build up, yeah. Hasn't yeah, yeah. He? yeah. And I wonder with Troy, Troy always starting. Actually, this this kind of game away where Cardiff will be going for it will actually suit us more. That we'll will soak the pressure and go on the counter. And someone like Troy in that regard will be better equipped for that task. You looking for me? I'm looking to. See, <laughs> I'm looking for the green with Ben gets it. No, I agree. Right? I agree. What else are we going to talk about? Yeah, Dendonka. We're going to have Dendonka or not? I'd bring him in. Yeah, like I, for, I, for Bennett. Like, I do like Bennett, and it's just more. It's more just a, a tactical switch of what I think he could bring into the team with his the fact that he's got that midfield sensibilities about him. Even though he's playing at centre half, so he should be able to control it a bit better. Should be able to actually play the ball a bit better than Bennett. I just fear that we. Putting Den Donk on such a pedestal that if he comes in and we can see it in the first ten minutes, he'll just be. But the I'm thing is, we've only seen him at Leicester, haven't we? I'm, I'm just saying he's. Be- I think he will be as good as Ryan Bennett is. That's the pedestal that I'm putting him on. If that's too high a pedestal, then and really, we've wasted a lot of money. Anyone yeah. in the defence of a team who have been who haven't won in five, you can't really say you're guaranteed your place <coughs> next week. That's one of the biggest things. We spend that much money on him, and he still hasn't started in the Premier League. He hasn't even like come on in any games. Just give him a go, <laughs> Franksy. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just think we're making him out to be better than what he is. But not. could be any worse. All I'm saying is, if he Sunday. comes in, then I think no, no, I think we'll probably win the next ten or twelve games. Benjamin, yeah. Benjamin. I'm not talking about you here. Oh, I'm talking about the sounds like the gem, looking at the me general, the, the general consensus of Wolves fans. You. you it seems like the thing he's, he's, he's Lionel Messi the way he, some of them talk about it, he's going to come in and he'll be the saviour and all of our defence we can play in midfield he can do this he can do that we haven't even seen him play in a Premier League game yet we'll see we'll find out won't we he's, he looks really angry I just feel I just fear for him I feel we've been putting that much pressure on him he's still, he's still only a kid as well isn't he we are, I do think Nino needs to try and find an answer. Yeah. And I think that is a change that can be made. And if, let's say, and you can understand Nuno doing this, if he keeps a, you, you know, your you same starting 11 or the usual starting 11 he has, and we don't get a result against Cardiff, 
surely there must be an argument after six games, despite the performance in other games, that he's got to change person after that. Yeah. Mm. My my sort of out of the box. Well, it's it's not that out of the box, but it's to bring size back into mm. a midfield because Neves played better. I realise it was a division lower, but he played better with size. Then he it's has too similar. With... Never as a Matinho are. Yeah, mm. but I, I, I'd also be reluctant to drop Matinho over Neves. But I think Sois could come in and at least offer something different because it's going to be a championship game on, it's going to be on Friday. Friday yeah. yeah, and some people have been concerned that Neves might be missing due to the other cards, but he's not. He's not banned from that game. Yeah, as he's, it he's got four bookings. He's one more as well, isn't it, for him to be get a one match ban? Who are we going to have to Cardiff? Chelsea. Well, he's banned for that then, isn't he? Yeah. And I guess we've, you know, <coughs> you know, we talked about in the Premier League, when you don't have a good result, you've literally got to wait for a week to try and remedy it again. But at least now, we've actually got a glut of games yeah, coming up when, yeah. when, like with this one, at least we're thinking, well, at least we've got Cardiff on Friday to try and remedy that. And then after that, hopefully it won't be the case, but then you've got Chelsea and then you've got Newcastle. It's on a Friday, though, isn't it? And you've got the whole it's weekend. Yeah. It's terrible. I want to cast our minds back, though, gentlemen. If, let's say, the result doesn't go our way on Friday to the last last season in that Friday night and your memories of that night in Cardiff when we basically sealed our promotion to the Premier League what were people's memories of that glorious limbs night I was watching it well I was watching it my mum's I, I think I shaved it eat that you <laughs> when, uh, when um when Rudy Andrew uh, no when he missed the, the second penalty I was sort of shaved it yeah I was there it's all just a blur it's loud it's all just a blur just did you go then or you no nah, I don't know no, I just thought it was a professional away performance. <laughs> <laughs> Go there, score. Yeah, defend well, keep a clean sheet. No doubt, yeah. I just still, I can still picture just Mike Dean's point to the spot. We've just, he had so much enthusiasm as he pointed to the spot. You he would have thought it, like he was he just loved it. He was pointing to the pizza man coming down well, that, the drive. That's his thing though, isn't it? Friday night under the lights, big championship game. He's strutting his stuff all mm. over the place. Pure Dino. Yeah, it's class. Pure Dino. Class act. It was good, wasn't it? Let's hope we can replicate that once again. Fingers crossed. And remember what it was like to win a game. Oh, that feeling. It's so good. Just right. warms the heart. We just take a draw now. <sighs> well, I bloody would. Yeah? Yeah. We, I think we lose on Friday. Panic station sets in and then the classic Wolves toxicity comes in from the fans for every game afterwards. Okay, so here's a, so okay, so I, well, I'll ask that to Ben first. Ben, would you take a draw now? No. Andy? No. <coughs> I don't think I would. I don't but, think I would. But then, imagine how we, bad Twitter will be no, yeah. if you've got all weekend to stew on it. But at least if, you, a few hours. if Wolves do lose, like Dan said, are people allowed to be justified in worrying? Yes, because we were better than Cardiff last year. And if, in the space of them not really improving, we've got worse, then I think it's time to worry. We start looking over yeah. our shoulder, don't we? Instead yeah. of looking up, when we, we close the top six on the bottom. Yeah, at the mm-hmm. moment, yeah, we? Yeah. But I just think like because of, of the run that we're in, and the fact that we know Nuno ain't going to change anything drastically. And then you've got Chelsea next, and then Newcastle who have found a little bit of form, and suddenly it's an eight game, it's a yeah. nine game. Mm. It, you know, it's. Don't need to worry about it. Before no. you know it, Jeff's giving Nuno a vote of confidence and <laughs> yeah. big Sam scene at Asda. <laughs> Imagine like, how many people could have to get rid of scarves and flags and stuff if he was to get sacked. Anyway, uh, let's do predictions for Friday night. It's Tuesday as we record, not long to go. 
Uh, Dan, I'm going to come to you first. What's your, what's your gut telling you right now for Cardiff City versus Wolverhampton Wonders Football Club? <laughs> oh, two all. Two all. Okay. Benjamin. 4 1 Wolves. 4 1 Wolves. Um, I think it's going to be 1 1. 1 1. I've said on the group all week we're going to win, and we're going to win. We're going to win 3 1. Positive. Positive. <laughs> come on. I'm putting my application in. Right, Dan. You are you the quiz master. You have prepared a quiz. Would you like to share that quiz for us to compete in for no prize <laughs> but the thing of knowing that we won the quiz? So it's me uh, versus Andy versus Ben in the quiz. Again, we've been asking somebody every week to listen to the podcast and put together a league table. Has anybody done it? No. That request goes out once again. That's difficult though, isn't it? Because not every person is on it the same week. You just do it. Anymore. You're going to win this though, aren't you? I if there's a league table, surely you would I be have close one, to I winning. I one too, but then I don't do the. I don't remember. I don't. I usually host the quiz most weeks. True. That is true. Somebody, please just listen to like the last 15 minutes. Find out who won the quiz that week. Put a league table. But you're gonna have to. Put, you're gonna have to work out average points and things like that because I'm not happy getting three points for a win purely. Like because you know, if I only do two and win them both, and someone else does 15 and wins three, I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, the quiz, Daniel. Please go ahead. In the last chaotic fixture against Cardiff, it was the highest attendance for a league game in Wales since 35,000 witnessed Cardiff beat which team 2 0 at Ninian Park in 1976? <laughs> <laughs> that was in the old Division 3. Dan off to a belter once again. And if take part at home at WGFC Fancast on Twitter. <laughs> no multiple choice on that. No. Let's um, how you get on. Um, I'm just going to go for a shot in the dark. Division three. I don't know. Everton. I think that's an awful. Guess. That's the worst. Mm, yeah, and they've been in the top division yeah, for like yeah, a thousand years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Everton. You can be in this. League. You can be in this. Dave's going Everton first. Answer. I'm going Everton. I think it's. I think he's throwing a curveball here. Um, I'm Barnsley. I'm going to go Swansea. The correct answer was Hereford United. <laughs> well, lucky lads, good efforts. Good I was efforts. Close. Yeah, no points. Okay. okay. In the same <laughs> fixture, which Wolves player was felled for the Neves free kick they scored from? Oh, I thought you was on about the same game, Hereford Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> so who was fouled for Neves to take yeah. free kick? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Douglas. Jota. I was going to say Jota, but I'll change it now. I think you are allowed to say the same answer. But that's not adventurous, is it? <laughs> Costa. The correct answer was Jota. Oh, I see it. <sighs> yeah. Dan, Dan. Dan, Andy, Andy takes the lead. Dan! Sorry. In the home fixture earlier that season, former Wolves player Nathaniel Mendes Lang scored the winner for Cardiff in a 2 1 defeat. But which club did he make his senior debut for against? For Wolves. So who did? He, oh yeah. So who did he debut against? Yeah, with for Wolves, Wolves okay. in the League Cup in August two thousand and nine. <sighs> um, I'm gonna say Plymouth. Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Today has gone for uh, Plymouth. Plymouth. Southend. Southend. Rotherham. The correct answer was Swindon. Oh. Who's next? Didn't you go over Plymouth the other way because like a lucky dip and you got it right? Yeah, didn't yeah. You? Never mind. Maybe next it's time. like Cole Pilkton when he always goes for egg <laughs> on University <laughs> Challenge because he's going to have a one day. 
Right, next question. So Andy still leads with the one point. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scored against Wolves in the FA Cup fifth round in a turnover win for Cardiff in 2008. But who put Wolves 2-1 ahead when he scored a hat against us for Chelsea in March 2004? Who put Wolves ahead yeah. when he scored a hat-trick? Yeah, for Chelsea in March 2004. Oh, I remember that. We, we lost yeah, the yeah. game 5-2. Five 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 oh, yeah. Wolves was 2-1 ahead at one point. Who scored the second goal in said game? Cameron. Paul Butler. What month? March. <laughs> March 2004. Kamara. Oh, Kamara scored the first goal. Oh. oh. The second goal was scored by Jody Craddock. Oh, look at that. Jake would have got that one. He would. He would. Right. <laughs> Next one. In March 2006, which Wolves player scored one of his only two goals for the club in a 2 0 win over Cardiff at home? I'll what give you, you a. Can uh, you just repeat the question, sorry? Just <clears throat> in March 2006. Yeah. Which Wolves player scored one of his only two goals for the club in a Wolves 2-0 win over Cardiff at home? He was a midfielder, that's all I can help you with. We'll come to you first this time, Ben. You've avoided it last few times. 2006. One of two goals. I'm trying to think of a midfielder. I think this was uh, Glenn Oddle era. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. I can't even think of any players. Uh, I'm going to say, what, only two goals? I don't even scored for us, so I'm just going to guess Anderton. I don't even scored for us. Rowan Ricketts. I can't even think of a player. <laughs> it was that much of a... Steve Ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. 12 years ago, 2006. Yeah. 12 years ago. Is that? Are you saying that that's a long time? No, I'm saying like 2006. Seems only about two years ago. Mm. Yeah. Darren Potter. I don't even think he was there then. Good guess. He wasn't. The correct answer was Dennis Rosa. Oh, I you know him. what? In my, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah, this for the sake yeah. of it. Yeah. I was literally thinking <coughs> Rosa, and I thought, uh, he, but he's wrong here. I thought he was after that. Yeah. Damn it! Damn you! Damn you! Damn. I also sc- thought he scored more than two goals for us. Yeah. Oh well. Right. So I've got a, a, one more question and a tiebreaker if needed. This is my favourite question of this week's quiz. Okay. Urban Dan's <laughs> favourite question. <laughs> Urban legend tells us at one point during his career, former Cardiff and Wolves goalkeeper Michael Oakes had the longest penis in football. <laughs> but how many times did he play for Wolves? <laughs> if, if, if you go on Google and put Michael Oakes penis, right? So how many times did Michael Oakes play for Wolves? <laughs> that's, that's the crux of the question. <laughs> there's always there's always a two part. <laughs> I mean, the question could have just been how many games did Mark Lotus play for Wolves? Or how many he inches wanted, was it? <laughs> he wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Both the same. I'm going to say 107. Uh, 72. 85. The correct answer was 199. Wow, wow. we played okay. well. I'd be annoyed. Inches. 199. Mm. I'd want that other cap. Yeah, that's everything. Well, he had sort of two and a half seasons, if you think. So the first season yeah. when we cocked it up. Second season when, would you know? Yeah, second season we got promoted. No, it was Murray, wasn't it? But he would have been in the squad though, wouldn't he? He would have been still in, yeah. and then he was in the Premier League squad. Yeah. So Andy wins mm. the quiz this week. What was the tiebreaker? What was tiebreaker, yeah. According to Wikipedia, Vincent Tan has how many children? 12. I was going to say 13. Dave? 14. <laughs> 11. Oh. <laughs> 
So well done to Andy. Andy wins the Queen's with a, a narrow victory this week. Very well narrow, very narrow. Just like Wolves is at the start of the season. Narrow mm. victories. Solid defence. We'll take a 1-0 now for Friday. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, we're going to do the last bit of the podcast. It is Twitter corner. Uh, you ask us your questions, we will answer them. Uh, but what I've also done this week, gentlemen, is I've asked people to give us a bad film that matched Wolves' performance at the weekend as well. <coughs> Must apologise for the coughing this week. <laughs> that is the criticism we're going to get. Everybody's at least coughed once. Have you coughed, Andy? No, like, not yet. Wait. I'm saving it for the end. We'll wait for that <laughs> cough. Right. Uh, first question, which isn't film related, but comes from Matthew saying, uh, I think we've talked about this already, but saying about bring Dent Donker in for Bennett. We've all kind of said, maybe. Everyone thinks he's just so Could Dent Donker come in for Martinho as a central midfielder? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get on board with that. He's not that good. Stop putting too much pressure on him. Well, might as well. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Joshua Lee says, firstly, film-wise, Transformers films. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, awful and far too long. Anyone else? Not a fan? Transformers uh, films? Never, never seen Never seen them. Look good. Yeah, I only watch football and porn. <laughs> <laughs> His question is, do you think we're missing a box-to-box powerhouse in midfield? As in games like Huddersfield and Watford, we seem overrun in the middle at the park. Personally, think Loftus-Cheek would be a great midfield partner for Nevers. I think we've talked before about like almost bringing back Undai. He's on 100 grand a week where Loftus-Cheek is. Powerhouse midfielders don't really work anymore. But Go got, back to 2009. But we've got the money now, Ben. Okay. Don't need them. Bring Carl Emery back as well. Come on, we need someone that can tackle in the... No, don't care. <laughs> Next question. Uh, Stu, our very own Stu, didn't give us a question, but he just said Battlefield Earth. Oh, that's a struggle of a film, that is. Again. John Travolta. Again. Don't know. Football and porn. Are you, like, are you like Michael Owen that doesn't watch films? No, but I don't no, I don't Alex. watch alien films and robots and that. <laughs> it's which a Scientology two? film. It's horrific. Is it? Who's yeah. in it? John Travolta. Yeah. I think he funded it, it was a passion project, and it's got like a 2.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, he, he screenshotted it, and the, the it starts with, it's the year 3000 AD, the Earth is lost to an alien race of Cyclos. Humanity is, is enslaved by these gold-thirsty tyrants, and it goes on. It would probably be, if I was to compare it to a film, a Star yeah. Trek film, because I, I never want to watch or see it again. <laughs> Um, Keith Haddington says Justice League promised a lot and should have been an easy success only to fail at every step of the way I would wholly agree with that I didn't mind Justice League have you seen Justice League? have you seen Justice League? I thought you'd seen that one. Oh yes I have yeah. is that the one which one's that the one Batman, with the Joker Superman. oh yes I've seen that one uh, yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, Duncan Norton Grease 2 yeah I'd agree with that I don't think it's uh, great film. yeah it's yeah. a bad film. Don't Terminator know. 3, the one with the woman. That is probably... Oh, is it the worst of the Terminator films? Oh, yeah. I think they've easily done as worse films after that, though. Rocky 5. Oh, yeah. That's up there. Oh, I liked yeah. Rocky 5. No, Rocky 5 terrible. I didn't say that to it be was, contrary. No, it was novelty-esque. No. Novelty they have a street right, fight at the end. Disagreement. Just one disagreement. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Bromley. The Fast and the Furious is... All, all of them, them. Yeah. all of them. Once you've seen one car yeah, go fast, you don't need to see any more. Same as Top Gear, why did that go for 14 series? It's just cars, who cares, it's traffic. Fast and Furious is great. No, it's not. Oh, God, from, from like the fourth of it, when The Rock comes in, it's brilliant. This <sighs> second or third is probably the worst films I've ever seen. Those. Once The Rock comes in, it's a completely different franchise. <laughs> <laughs> when you started with Once The Rock comes in. <laughs> uh, Mark Bromley say, basically says, Batman and Robin, the one with uh, Schwarzenegger oh. in it. I like that. I'd agree with that. What, that you like it? 
I like, no, it's a bad film. I like Schwarzenegger's lines in that film, though. So oh, he's got the yeah, proper yeah, cheesy yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy Smith, uh, Titanic. Set sail. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Set sail full of excitement before slowly starting to sink. And everyone dies. Well, we're not that far, but oh. yeah. <laughs> Titanic lasted about two and a half hours. We lasted about four minutes. Uh, our very own Alex Moore asks, is the earth flat? No. 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 I don't know. He's probably travelled to it. <laughs> yeah, there was an away sense, game. Yeah. He's obviously travelled to work. With, I don't know. Have you ever read any of the Flat Earther stuff? I think it's a snow globe, it's don't It's brilliant. They? It's like, it's fucking mental, but it's really funny. It's, it's true. Yeah. They think the it's a snow flat. Globe. And Australia, doesn't, Australia doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Because they say that when you're tracking flights, they always lose over a certain mm. period. So that bit is where they're just hovering in the sky <laughs> before they turn back round. Basically, I think it's the Truman Show, and like that film was like a real eye-opener <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people. It's like Truman Zelda Show and The Matrix so are feasible for where we are as a race. race. We're getting really deep here. Mm. Really deep. But we talk about wrestling sometimes. I'll come on to a <laughs> pod- I'll, I'll talk football on a podcast around your house once a month. Sure, there's got to be some sort of Truman Show thing. <laughs> we don't actually do this for free. No, we don't. Just ignore the red light in the corner. <laughs> uh, and on Facebook, Andy Humphreyson says, do you think we'd be better putting a more stronger defensive presence alongside Nevis to give him more freedom to do what he does best rather than getting overpowered game by game? <laughs> it makes me laugh when we go for him. Is the earth flat to... <laughs> I don't know, it's all... People ask the questions, Ben. Yeah. I Sorry. just read Sorry. them out. Sorry. What do you think, Danny's question? Yeah, it's flat. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, what Ben said about bringing in size. So what's he going to bring? Like, bring, like, Courtney House or someone in? I don't know. Are you going to bring in as a central defender? I don't to... know. He's just asked he, <laughs> the question. Answer, the, answer, answer the question, Dave. <laughs> you log into Facebook especially to read that. Answer the question. Rosa. Dennis <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're the questions, everybody. It's all done. Another podcast done. Another time spent in our. What company. would be your film? You like films? Uh, there was a film I saw years ago called The Nanny with a Hulk Hogan. You'd probably pick <laughs> knowing you. Uh, it was called. <laughs> what, was that, what was the John Cena movie that he was in? Oh, The Marine. Yeah. Never seen it. The Scorpion King. That was probably I don't know. Name all these wrestling movies. I turn that off. Yeah. Scorpion King's great. Oh, come on. I, I have watched all of the WWE studio films. Oh, really? What? Of course. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Even like Marine. <laughs> I've seen all the Marines. Oh. I've even seen the latest one, which was only released last week. Right, that's our quote done from the show, by <laughs> yeah. the way, we rested. Uh, there's a film with Bill Murray, which I really like Bill Murray, but there was a film called Pink Flowers. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, don't watch it. That's how mm, I'd compare okay. it. No one go watch that film, please. Don't go watch it. Dan Sinking. I'm just thinking of other awful films that I've watched, to be fair. While Dan Sinking, I'm just going to do the advert, everybody, that we all read it every single mm. week. It's our partners, Pixel Yeti Media. Uh, if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go check them out. Uh, they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that covers all your design needs, from websites and brochures to signage to marketing, logo design and branding. You can check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Andy's been checking his phone. Are you looking for other bad films? Or yeah. Just... Right, here we go. Because there is specifically one that I was trying to remember. And that film is. Oh, I've never heard that film before. No, no. It is. No, I enjoyed that one. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Right, well, oh, what, what you keep... I've got it. Yeah, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Have you ever seen that? that was one? all right. No, it was terrible. It, it was far it was too the, long. It uh, was the, the Jude non- Law's in it, and 
Gwyneth Paltrow. And Jolie and Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I thought you saw, I thought it was another wrestling movie then. <laughs> no, no. Oh, so I was waiting for the wrestler to like. No. Oh, okay, carry on. I don't like, just watch all, wrestling films. It's all on green screens. It's all like a noir. Yeah, it's like a, this sepia, dull, lifeless piece of shit. Yeah, that's yeah. what that match was on Sunday. There we go. The Mario, the Super Mario film. Oh, no, that is bad. Yeah, that, is yeah. bad. Yeah. that was that, good when he was a that, kid. That bad. Yeah, it's bad. If it's bad. people go on YouTube and find a uh, Super Mario film on his trailer, and you'll understand what a weird, sadistic film that is for a kid to watch. Go find it. Enjoy it. A, uh, if you ever listened to How Did This Get Made podcast, they review really shitty films, and they reviewed that one. And some of the stories. Oh yeah, back, there's some weird back yeah. stories to that. Some really interesting stuff on there, so that's worth checking out as well. So when you finish listening to this, go listen to other stuff and return to our warm hearts. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Pixel Yeti Media. And you can follow us all week on social media to get your lives and trolls. Just type in Wolves Fancast and you'll find us there. We will be back next week to talk about that game against Cardiff, where, of course, gentlemen, it's going to be another classic Friday night, isn't it? We're going to be very happy next week, aren't we? Please tell me we're going to be happy next week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. I've just noticed your jumper. Well done. Oh ho! <laughs> <laughs> they'll never know. They'll yeah. never know. They can guess. Well, they'll never know. This week, it's bye from Dan. Bye bye. Bye from Ben. Goodbye. Bye from Andy. Ta Bye from me. See you next time.